What's up, people? Will Clark here and another podcast. This one is a really good one. I know I say that every time. This is a good friend of mine called Lewis Matthews. He has just, uh, well, I say just a couple of weeks ago, completed the Run Teora trails in New Zealand. Insane story. He's one of my closest mates, so I really hope you enjoy this one. Lewis Matthews. How's it going, mate? How's it going, man? Very good. How are you? Good, man. How's uh, how's life treating you? Yes, very good. And even better now because this is the first time we've ever spoke where I'm wearing a hat and you're not. I'm not. What's going on? I was just thinking, <laughs> why have I not got a hat on? This is ridiculous. <laughs> it suits me. You should do it more. Sorry? It's huge. You do it more. Nah, mate. Look, I'm getting super bold. I was literally talking about this on the podcast to another mate the other day, talking about how bold That's I am. Secret, should, should probably stop talking about how bold I am on this podcast. When's it going to go, though? That's the question. What? When am I going to shave it off? If I was in your position, mate, it'd be gone. Be gone. <laughs> yeah, I'd look like a little cookie head, but <laughs> yeah, I think I need to. To be fair. How's I can't uh, wait for that day. Oh, speaking of that, here we go. Oh, you got the, <laughs> got the razor out. <laughs> we need that. I'm I'm thinking about doing it very soon, to be fair. Just get it get it over and done with. Then your head will be totally upside down. Yeah, man. So uh I can never <laughs> I can never pronounce what you've just done. But you've just hey, done Alaroa. Te Alaroa. I see I can't even say it. So, what, what have you just done? Uh, the Te Araroa Trail. And what 3, is that? Kilometers, 3,000 kilometer trail through New Zealand. Starting from Cape Rianga up in the north. Through, well, beaches, rainforests, mountains, volcanoes, rivers, and all that New Zealand can throw at you pretty much. All the way down to the most southern point in Bluff. So how long did that take you? It took me 56 days. Okay, so that's kind of crazy. What's your like average day of running distance-wise? Oh, I, I was averaging just under 60K. Thomas <sighs> average 60K. Uh, What's that in miles that a, for, for all the oh, Americans listening? Uh, 38, 39 miles, something like that. So you're doing... Marathon and a half a day, pretty much. Over a marathon, yeah, a marathon and a half a day. Dude, I remember last year we <laughs> we did um, we did a run on my birthday, and yeah. that was when you were like started training and you destroyed me. But <laughs> I couldn't even imagine doing that for fifty six days. It was I didn't even do half a marathon. I don't think I even did like. 10k we did we did six miles mate. yeah we just, <laughs> just under six miles yeah like i couldn't even imagine doing that like yeah. four times five times every day how yeah. how the fuck do you even train for something like this oh well, that's, that's it really like i did all this training and slowly over time sort of built up this bit of an engine to be able to just, just keep going all day um but I'd only really maxed out in my training at about five hours. Yeah. Like of, of non-stop running. Um, which sounds ridiculous to say, <laughs> only. Um, 
And then I get there, and the first day just kicked my ass, mate. I've yeah, never I felt anything like it. I bet. And like, yeah, this I I I, I got a little unlucky in the training that I got picked up an injury with eight weeks to go, but it was like it's all booked. Yeah. People are involved. And, you know, money's been paid. The chat we're raising money for the charity. Like, just got to rock up and do it. Yeah. So that first day, oh, I was, I've just been sort of writing it down a bit about it, and it just brought it all back. And I was like, Jesus Christ, that was tough. But what kind of happened was this: the next day, which sucked even more physically, and then the third day was possibly like one of the toughest days yeah I can imagine and then it, but it took me until day 16 to, to not be in pain oh, whilst running that's rough and but that's saying in pain so like I had the constant low le- like I ended up with a constant sort of lowish level of pain yeah throughout um, and that's not just pain in the injury I had it was just so, so basically, that that first day, the first day, the first two, day and a half is a place called Ninety Mile Beach. Yeah, which is eighty kilometers long, so not even ninety miles. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you you kind of do this sort of twenty k's of off off road stuff, like up in the like the sand dunes and in the cliffs and stuff, and then you come down to this beach, and this beach just you can't see the end. Oh. I, you, 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 all you see is sand, sea, and sand dunes. That's all you can see. And like, I'm like, right, there's this, this island out at sea. It's such a cool island. It's got this big sort of hole straight through the middle of it. Yeah. And I'm like, right, that's my target. And you kind of, you, you get lost in your own head. You know, you're spending 12, day, 12 hours, 13 hours, 14 hours of your day on your own. You, you just drift off to these places. I couldn't even tell you where my head was sometimes, right? Yeah. And you're just running along. And I look up after, say, 30 minutes. That rock hasn't moved. That, that island yeah. has not moved. I turn, I turn <laughs> around and look. The cliffs I've just come off of, and they look like they're there. You're like, oh, man. Like that is so hot. It's almost thirty degrees. I'm sweating. I got. I'm run. I ran out of sun cream. The team couldn't get to me. I had to meet them another fifteen k further along. I was like, ah, oh. like I run out, mate. I was running out through, run out of sun cream. There's no shade in sight, and <laughs> nothing changes. All on the first hour day. After hour. Yeah, hour after hour, you just like you want to see something. Like it's, it's beautiful, but. After hours of it, oh, you get so sick. Yeah, but you can only look at something so good for a certain amount of time. Uh, So because I couldn't see the team for ages, basically that beach is a national highway. Yeah. So you get a fair few cars on there. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And the van had to get on to the beach. Yeah. So the access point we were supposed to meet at, they couldn't get on at because it was too sort of it was like a it was like a stream and okay. the van just couldn't do it there was yeah, no, yeah. Way, no way it was getting through so all this was happening and I got to the meeting point I was like I'm not here so I got that decision to make do I crack on or or, or like do I I can't get a hold of them I've got no signal yeah because you're, you're out you're literally out in the middle of nowhere and uh, so I just right, I've got to carry on. They're on it's one beach if they get on they'll find me and then 
I just hear this noise. I think it's just, I, first of all, I think, Christ, that seagull's loud. <laughs> and then I hear it again and I turn around and just pick up, tanking it along the beach with Jill, who was the support crew, hanging out the window, shouting my name. And then Phil, the cameraman, stood on the back of the pickup truck, <laughs> filming what's going on. And I was like, what is happening? And they, another, they then... Got another 55 days like, of this. Oh, well, yeah. Well, that was about... So I left... I had to leave at midday because of tide times. So I wanted to leave early, but I couldn't. So I leave at midday. That must have been about four o'clock. Yeah. So it was a good four hours before seeing it, which is fine. I just wasn't packed for that. Yeah. They then dropped off a load of stuff. It was a bit of a, a good laugh. And then the guy, the guy uh, who drove the pickup truck, he was so cool, man. Like a, and the, the Maori culture up there, yeah. up in the north, is so rich. And he was just so laid back, so cool. And I was like, he was like, oh, the next point you'll probably see them is this bluff further up there. And looking at it, I was like, oh, how far is that? He was like, 6K. So I set off and start running. And I was like, I'm going to check this on my map. 16 Ks later, <laughs> I, get to, I get to this bluff. And the pace I'm going, that's like, slow. I'm going slow. That's like, I was getting, I started to struggle. So that was over two hours. Normally 16 K would be hour and a half, yeah. hour and 40, at a slow pace. Yeah, like I was yeah. walking, running. Because my point at the start of all this was there was this camber on the beach, isn't there? Yeah. Now I've got this. I've got to nail this camera for a hundred kilometers. Yeah, yeah. So it's a one like, side of your leg being. Yeah. Which yeah, oh. that, that must be. And also, like, let's be honest, running on sand is awful. Like mm. it feels great on your feet, but the calves the next day are never fun. Well, luckily, like I, my calves are built up to be quite bulletproof wearing those barefoot shoes. Yeah, uh, wearing Vivos. Um, so I had pretty bulletproof calves. Actually, that makes me laugh. We've seen a physio before I started out there just to get some like massage and yeah. you know, get a good recovery and get ready and feel loose before I start. And she sort of stopped massaging my calves and was like, I have never seen anything like this. I was like, what do you mean? She was like, you've got really small calf muscles. Like they start, at the, they like take up a quarter of your leg and the rest is just this massive Achilles tendon. Really? And I was like, I've never seen anything like it. I was like, ah, well, it works. It's probably they work. A good I've never thing. had a cold. Well, yeah, maybe. Having I never Achilles. get calf injuries. Yeah. No, never get calf injuries because there's no muscle to get an injury. But so, so, <laughs> but then, um, so that was day one. Was day two any hmm. better? Oh, wait, that was half of day one. <laughs> like, I, I'm going to go back. I, I got to tell you a bit more about day one because I'm, I'm there. Uh, that you know, I've just the van, the the pickup truck's left, and I'm going along in the afternoon. The sun has been belting down on me, and it, it's weird what happens to your head. Like I can I can vaguely remember about three hours of that day where I'm just going along. There's these amazing patterns on the beach that's been created by the wind, and then this, where the sun is makes all this amazing shading and things yeah. like that. And then the 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 beat the the crashing waves just become this like. You don't hear it because it's always there. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And then you're you're just moving, like yeah. you don't feel it. Your head is just off in a different space. And before I know it, three hours later, I'm, I meet the van again, and I've got to get to the, the only place I can get to is a campsite at seventy k, at the seventy k mark. 
and I'm going and suddenly, you know, the sun goes down, it's pitch black. Well, it's not pitch black, actually. That's not the point. The sun's gone down, but the moon was so full. Yeah. So the beach was just like, like a steel, it looked yeah, like yeah, steel. Yeah. And then you, the, per, like the sea and the, and the sky was all purple. And it was like, uh, it was amazing, but I was done. Like I walked the last 10 K <laughs> really? 10 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> How long did that like, take you? Like a couple of hours? Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but oh, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't nice. Um, but it was like, I, you could, I couldn't train. I could have, train for that like in high like not in hindsight if I was doing something like that again I'd train for longer but yeah. it was like kind of just had to be done part of the challenge was doing it in a short pe- period of time you know, training for it so um I think the thing is with, with things like that though is like can you actually ever train yourself for that because I, I think a lot of it is like a lot of the training is the fact that you're just by yourself there's nobody around mm. you like you have your sat, you have your sat phone. I take it so you can contact people if you need. But like to to actually do that, where obviously in in the UK it's pretty hard. Like mm. to like just be in the remote middle of nowhere where you see no one. To get that is pretty hard to train. And and do you think like I don't know? Could you could you ever train for that? I don't know. I think. Not on your first one. No. Like, if I'd have done like a mini three-dayer, maybe. But mm. like, what is interesting now is I've got this level of, and I think it's warranted confidence. Yeah. That like, you and your dad are going to do that 100K. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I could, I'll come along, I'll do it. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's not even... It's not and that's not like to it. be cocky or anything like that, but it's like, I know I, I can, I'm capable, but it's also that, so when you refer to training for it, it, it would have been, it's not, you can't train for it, but it would have been experience. Yeah, yeah. Like I went into it with zero experience of any of this. Never done a multi-day run in my life. Yeah. Never run a marathon. And, and that again was part of it, was to kind of go, look, like uh, in, in 14 months, I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, ideally I could have lined up a few things along the way but things don't go to plan and and I was faced with a task probably definitely inexperienced underprepared but it's the challenge is there you've got, you've got to go haven't you yeah you know? 100% so, 100% so, so on that day one after when you got to the campsite what what was the feeling yeah so you have these questions in your head, like, how in the world am I going to do this? Yeah. Like, that is the, like, that's one of the worst experiences of my life. Like I, could easy, like, I look back on it with fondness now. Easily one of the worst experiences. And although those questions are going on, my legs are still moving. I'm yeah. still walking or running forward. And I have this thing, and I love it, and I always do it. I get into this conversation, I start having these doubts, and then I say to myself, we both know you're going to do it anyway. Yeah. Like, as much as you're winning the moment, we both know you're going to get up tomorrow and you're going to go. Yeah. And you just have to have this trust that that you can wake up in the morning and, oh, the pain, the feet are seized up. And you're trying to walk to the toilet and you don't 
take your flip-flops, you walk barefoot across like some gravel and it's horrible. Your legs are barely moving. You have to have a sit-down wee because it's too much to stand up. <laughs> and then you, then you regret it because you've got to get back out the toilet seat. Jesus, man. And then, but what seems to happen, you go, right, I'm going. You just start moving and you walk for five minutes. And, okay, it's loosening up. I'll put a little jog in and suddenly you're moving. And, yeah. And, you, you know, you've loosened up. And, and I think it was like, I said it to Jill. I, I remember turning to it at one point saying, I'm, I, I, I can trust my legs now. And that wasn't for a good five or six days, but I was like, I can trust my legs. Like, they will get me all the way to the end, I have no doubt. Yeah, yeah. It, That wasn't going to lose the battle, you know? Yeah. So, obviously, you keep on bringing up uh, Jill and Phil. Let's talk about them to start with before we talk about the rest of it. So, who is Jill and Phil? Oh, they've become great friends of mine. Um, the interest that it wasn't like that we were a group of friends beforehand. It was like a motley crew through yeah. that we threw together. Um, Jill is a client of mine for personal training. Um, I've been there for about three years now. Yeah. And she jokingly said to me, oh, can I come? And then I kind of gave her, so I kind of answered like, ah, oh, I don't know, uh, let me think about it. And I didn't realize she was joking. Yeah. And then two weeks later, she was on, she was at Go Ape. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't do heights. She was shitting herself. Her emotions were high. And I rang and I was like, do you want to come then? She was like, what are you on about? Did not know what I was talking about. I was like, do you want to come to New Zealand? It like took her back, shocked her. Yeah. And then she was like, yeah, I want to come, but let me talk to let me talk to my husband and and then she rang me later that day I was like I'm in that's like, amazing as long as work say yeah then she's in that's amazing and then for Phil it's like good old barbershop gossip right yeah so we we obviously go to the same barbers and, and I, I'm chatting to them about it and then they chat to him he he does, he films does photography and I was like ah, oh, I'll just give him a call we met up had a chat for like an hour and he was like I'm in so, did, you, did we, was Phil at school in, did he go to our school? Yeah, he did. He did. He probably a couple of three years below us when we were at school. Like, so I didn't really, I didn't know him at school. I recognize his um, face. Yeah. From, from school. Um, but like, before I met him, I took a look through some of his stuff. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, when I don't, I don't know how they do it. Photographers and videographers, <laughs> yeah, man, or creative. Some people like so. Key, like my girlfriend Key, for example, I'll take a picture of something. She'll take exact a picture of the same thing. Mine will look shit and fuzzy and out. Of, <laughs> like, and then I look at hers. And I'm like, we just took a picture of the same thing. Yours looks amazing. Like Phil would just be like, it looked like he just throws the camera up in here and go like that, and then it'd be amazing. Yeah. And actually, that. it's watching the wizardry of like post-production with him. Like, you see something, and he can make a bad picture suddenly look amazing, like bloody decent. And you're like, I can actually. And like, we had a drone and everything, and that, oh, that's so cool. So, so, so he's um, he's on post-production of that at the minute. So Phil was filming the whole kind of vibe of literally the whole, yeah. the whole journey. Of, of, of your run and then Jill was kind of mum of the run right just running everything yeah uh, she she let's call her road manager I'd say yeah. so like she everything went through it she was a 
she organised this, sort out that. So I, I, I had the job of putting one foot in front of the other. They made my life as easy as they could because they needed to, right? So, yeah. like, literally, to the point where I sit in a van, and early on, I needed it. Like, I couldn't move. I'd sit in a van, I'd be so tired. I'd just be like, well, can someone pass me this? Or can I have that? Or where's this? Where's yeah, that? Yeah. I couldn't even, like, getting stuff out of my own bag, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Right? So, halfway through the trip, it's like, all I do is ask them for things because they know everything is. They're so organized and, and like I'd get there and go, where are we staying tonight? Yeah, it's sorted. It's already laid out. You know, we're, That's we're good amazing. to go. Well, um, I guess that just, it just kind of frees up all mental capacity to, so you can literally just concentrate purely on running. Don't have to worry about anything. It's so, but that, but that equally, like sometimes you want to break from that. And what we managed yeah. to create was this balance. Like, I said from the start, something's going on for this long. Rule number one, I've got to get sleep. I've got to get sleep for eight hours. Yeah. So even if I get in at 10 o'clock at night and we don't go to bed till 11.30, I'm not getting up at six in the morning. No. Because sleep's going to be paramount here. Um, so, you know, that later on, that can become a sacrifice when you get towards the end. But early doors, you can't afford to do that. But what we would do is, like I said, I need, the, the second thing was not, after sleep was, need social time. I'm spending 12, 13, 14 hours of the day on my own. I need to be able to, we all need, we all need, because they worked hard, man. Like, yeah. you you think they're just getting in a van and driving. They did 10,000 kilometers yeah, yeah, yeah. in that van. So they did a lot of driving. And, but also you and think it's just, it's just those two together, really, in a van, yeah. which is like, come on, we know like Phil and Jill, are, I don't think they're, friends right they don't think they knew each other beforehand obviously they are now no, but they didn't, like, know didn't have a clue so like you gotta get to know somebody and having just it's, it's a great way to get to know somebody put it that way is you're literally put in a van for like, oh, yeah. six days <laughs> next and you gotta have the right kind of people you gotta have the right kind of people like we we did meet most weeks beforehand for like i think about eight weeks in a row yeah just so you get to know each other and then we were like we having all these meetings and then jill went we need to do something different. So she yeah. invited us around for a bacon sandwich at seven in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, just, and we're like, we're not doing any work stuff. We're just chatting. And, and that, you know, when you're going through the process of having people along with you, you've got to find the right kind of person. And if you know, Phil is a gentle giant. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I lost you, mate. Hang on. Got me there? Still got me? Yeah, you're back. So, as I say, Phil's a gentle giant, and then Jill's a doer. So there's, you know, there's, there's going to be a few characteristic clashes, but actually they work really well together. Yeah. No, that's amazing, man. And I, I, I think when when you first told me that you were going to do the run, like I guess there was like no real planning on. I guess you you didn't have a fucking clue what to do. You'd never done it before, so I think the fact that you had like a team around you and like we, like you and I always discussed about having it filmed and doing that. And I think it was just, it would just be amazing to document the whole story. Not so much so anybody else can see, but so you can look back on it because I think I, and for me, like traveling around a lot and doing things like that is like, I forget so much of it, mm. which is why I started like filming a lot more. And you forget what cities you're in. You forget what venues you go to. You forget hotels, you forget food and things like that. And I think by having somebody else film for you, you have 
the story to tell yourself and then if you want to share that with other people then you can yeah it's um so i started writing stuff down about it yeah and that's why i get i could have so much detail about that day one because that's what i've been writing about yeah but phil also showed me some footage the other day and then i could see how i was feeling in yeah. certain situations and it's like oh my like it Put me it took me by surprise like like it was quite impactful for me and so like my memory of it is I can see the pain or I see the struggle or the enjoyment on that face yeah um, and that I also get a little look into what they're seeing as well totally not from just my perspective yeah yeah um, like it's really interesting to listen to like I was totally in it and you forget how much they're totally in it too. And I hear Jill talk about it to people Yeah. and I can like, we went and spoke to BBC and I could hear in her voice, the emotion behind where she had to explain to them some days she just wanted to put oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, don't do it today. You're all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tweet. But she had to, in her words, be a bitch Yeah. and be like, get your, get your shit together and go. Fucking crack on and she, and she'd send me off around the corner and she said she would feel horrible. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like she wanted to just sit there and be like, oh no, you know, what kind of person am I? Yeah. But actually she was being the right kind of person. But like, you don't see that. I'm running off. I'm in my own way. I'm like, you have to be quite selfish in these because we're not doing what I was doing. But you, you, and I did consider how they were getting on. We said we had to look after each other, but let's be honest. Most of my thoughts were what I was doing. Well, yeah, you you're the one doing that. it at the end of the day. Yeah, but, but like, it must have been have rough, man. It must. I followed you or through your Instagram, um, literally like every day, and yeah, it was kind of whilst I was on tour. So you started whilst I started my tour, which was quite funny. But like, yeah. obviously, my tour was a lot easier than what you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was really interesting to see. But I guess the one thing that I've always wanted to know is like, how do you prep for like every day? Because every day is different. So obviously, you know, like roughly the terrain that you're running, I guess, or do you not? Mm. So you kind of do. You've got map and map notes, but they don't give you a lot. The maps are brilliant, by the way. Like, so I didn't even use paper maps. I should have taken some. Like, <laughs> looking back on it now, going through a mountain range for three nights and four days on your own, you should take a paper map. But yeah. I took the battery packs that had my phone, and you, you're literally the GPS on the map following a line. Like, imagine doing that 15 years ago, you'd have to use paper maps. Yeah, yeah. Like, and so I, so I was really lucky in that. The, no, the notes are pretty good, but you'd see it, and you'd be like, ah, you know, no, I'll see you in about, um, there was one moment actually I just remembered a great example of this oh it's a, it's a nice it shows this nice river track it's 15k or something like that it's 6pm and there's a seed of doubt in my mind like oh man I don't know if I'm going to get through this in time like it's not it's not really hilly I've got a bad feeling about it like yeah. at 6pm you can't stop your day at 6pm at like 40k's of the yeah. day or 50 whatever it was I can't remember off the top of my head so I was like, oh, I gotta go for it. So I'm in a bad headspace. I'm going along, running along, walking along occasionally, and just like 
swearing under your breath, like, fuck this shit. And, and the team have to go round and drive round. And the roads out there, I swear, like 80% of the roads are just gravel roads. Yeah. And they've got to go up this, this like, uh, dead-end road to catch me. That's where I'm going to come out. And then we would go and find somewhere to stay. And I'm going, I'm going in and it's getting worse and it's getting worse. It's getting thicker. There's gorse, there's um, thistle and brambles. And this track hasn't been maintained for ages and it's just closed over. Oh, so no. you're fighting your way through. And yeah. oh, there's a picture. Did you see the picture of just my legs? It was like in the dark. I can't just remember my legs. the one. I probably did. They were shredded to pieces. And I didn't get out of there till quarter past 11. <laughs> I bet you hated life. Uh, so, and I got lost. It's because I got lost. It got dark. <laughs> it got dark. I had a shitty headlamp. And I, all you've got is these little orange triangles occasionally that point you in the right yeah. direction. And the map, although sometimes accurate, sometimes they've just drawn a straight line yeah. and the trail does this. So you're like, oh, what am I, like, what am I supposed to do? It was... An, if anyone's been to New Zealand, there is there's, there's one area of flat land. The rest of it is just up Hills, and down. Yeah, yeah. So this is like in a river valley. So I I'm stuck by the river, and it's like a bank, and I just start climbing up out this river bank, holding on to trees, climbing up the edge. And then no, I know there's a farm at the top. I climb up this farm to the top, and I get a bit of signal. But of course, the support team don't have any. So I text Key at home, say, look, if you can get a hold of them, let them know I'm safe, I'm fine, I've got my map, I've got plenty of water, and I know the general direction I've got going. The only trouble is, you know, I might fall in the river, it's real steep some places, I might struggle, and I just kept getting lost and having to backtrack and oh. find the little orange bloody orange triangle. And then I found the road, because it was like a dirt, uh, four by four track that turns into road. Yeah. I'm running along celebrating. Yeah, get that back in there. <laughs> that must have been running the best feeling ever, though. Oh, the elation. And I then see these two little dots at the end of light. And I know that's them too. They've been waiting for me for like three hours. And then we walk back to the van together and we're like, fuck this, we just stay here. There's no one around. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's, a, that's one thing I remember. Uh, but like in terms of prepping for the terrain, like I didn't know that was like that. Like I'm glad I went through and did it, and it knows. And then actually, yeah, I woke up the next day and was like, "You can be a savage. Like yeah, you've just yeah, yeah. been a savage." And the next day, I knocked out a 75k day, and I was Jesus. like, "Yeah, there you fucking go." 75k right? in one day. Yeah, yeah. Is that the most you um, did? No, um, I. So I'm going to cut right to the last day. Just to we'll come back to wherever, yeah. but like. I cut to the last day, um, and I was—I had two days left before I had to go to Christchurch and fly home. Yeah, and so I just said, "I'm not like I had 84 k's to go." It's just like, no, I'm—I'm I'm not getting up in the morning and doing this again. I'm finishing today. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting this done. So we left at 8 a.m. and I finished at 11:41 p.m. <sighs> <laughs> and was that was that straight running the whole time or was that like no run walk run walk yeah. mate. and uh, a bit of, a few little like, there's no elevation really like it would be eleva- considered a bit of elevation there's probably like 
300 meters up and down, 400 meters up and down in the in the first sort of 20k, and then it was beach. But these beaches weren't like proper hard sand. It was yeah. horrible. Like you'd have to walk and stuff. You couldn't run on it. Sandy sand. So that slowed me down. And then the end is just along State Highway 1 and through a bit of industrial stuff. Um, but it was pretty flat, like compared to the rest of it. How many calories are you burning on this? Uh, like anywhere average from five day. to seven, five to seven thousand, I'd say. And were you eating that much? Not to begin with, I lost in the first week. Like you can, you can see pictures from when I started. I had a little bit of chub, you know. I'd yeah. put on a little. I, I'd intentionally gone like, just eat, just eat, and don't do anything for a week before yeah, you yeah. go. And I, I, you know, I could. You can see it in the picture, and then like a week later, I look like a skeleton. Um, and but I just had no appetite. I just no, I couldn't. Couldn't. It was hot, so like I've been training and working out in the cold and eating loads of warming food. Yeah. And suddenly you're hot. Like when you got, like when you go away to a hot place, how you much do you really want to eat? You don't. Yeah, you don't. So, and then finally we found the the, the secret, the key. It was uh, Jill's porridge. <laughs> so, <laughs> that sounds like a euphemism, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> would, would you take food with you then on the run? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so like you said before, how's your plan for a day in the North Island? It was pretty cool that. I wouldn't really go more than 30 Ks without seeing the van. Okay. Because you'd go through, like, I'd enter a rainforest, it'd be 15 Ks, it'd be hard going. That'd take, like, four or five hours because yeah. it's, like, steep routes. So you're, you're barely making any progress. But I knew I'd see them again. So you'd you'd take enough for that section. Yeah. And usually I'd overpack a little bit just in case. Yeah. Um, what, what, what would, would be carry- in your pack, though? Oh, uh, just like muesli bars. I ate, oh, I was eating like a pack of pick and mix a day. Just any quick, easy <laughs> nice calories. Healthy, nice, healthy food. Oh, mate. I struggled coming home, I tell you that. You can see I put a little bit, you know. I'm put some timber on, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, was, uh, what else did I have in there? Oh, I can't remember what I told mate. I didn't have like, anything that massive, like, it was hard to eat on the go. Oh, tra- like nut nut mixes and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Trail mix. Was it literally just, just to calories? Was it literally just to the point to like just get calories in your body just to keep yeah. going? Yeah, sweets and nuts, mate, and just yeah. just nailing that. And then when I get to the van, it would be Jill would make this porridge that had like it was dark chocolate, honey, peanut butter, and banana. And like it was like studs, man. So you chuck it in the bowl and just be, and you just have to sit there and eat, eat chow your way through it. And I got used to eating it. It was quite funny. I didn't realise how much food I was eating until uh, my friend Louis joined in. You know, Louis Louis Underhill. Yeah, yeah. Until he joined in, and I was like, "Come on, man, nail, nail some porridge." And I wolf this porridge down, and I look up at him. And he's going, Oh. Like, oh. he's a bean pole though he's he's like yeah. super skinny <laughs> he's like he's like three quarters away through the bowl I'm like birds come on send it in <laughs> packing the food in he's like how are you doing it and then when you're when you're running along he's looking at me weird like what he's like what what are you doing and I'm going what <laughs> like puking you are or he is like, yeah no I am and he's like what are you doing I was like oh I ate, I ate loads didn't I He's like, but 
No, I'm just chat, like you're just running along. You have to get the food in, so you just puke a little. You know, you take the top layer yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. You know when you puke in your mouth, <laughs> so you're just doing that, just running along. Like, oh. <laughs> and he's like, "What is wrong with you?" I turned into a bit of a feral beast, mate. Like, <laughs> well, I guess you, accepting puking. I guess you don't need to see anyone. No one sees you apart from Joe and Phil, so it doesn't really matter. You yeah, don't, you don't know, do you? Like I didn't wash for like nine days. Oh, at one point. mate! <laughs> I bet you were smelling fresh. I had more shits in long drops than in the wild than flushed the toilet. Yeah, what, what do you do in that situation? <laughs> Usually there'll be a long drop, which is just feet over a hole in the ground. Yeah. And that's pretty, that became pretty sweet. And then is that sometimes... Luxury? Is just, a long drop a luxury? Yeah, yeah. sometimes you'll have, you just have to find somewhere off the... You have to go like 50 metres off the trail and drop a deuce and and then uh, crack on with I had more of those I had more of those than flushed toilet really poos. so are you, carry, uh, are, you, are you carrying toilet roll with you or what or yeah it, a little or, bit or is it like proper Ray Mears and you get the uh, the leaf out <laughs> I got some funny stories man I don't know if they're right for sharing but <laughs> yeah they are of I course share, they I are share a couple. <laughs> I share a couple I uh, I came running around the corner one and we've got this little portable toilet, right? Yeah. So, so your caravans be classed with South Pretend, you have to have a toilet. So yeah. we have this little toilet. And I used to have it, like if we're in the middle of nowhere, you just plonk it outside and sit where you are. Yeah. Take a shit. That was pretty luxury. But somebody has to like empty it. Yeah. So, yeah <laughs> like me and Phil are like rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> but I came around the corner once. He was so fed up with doing it. I came around the corner. I just see him sat on a, like on a tree stump. <laughs> And then I realised he hasn't got he's got shorts down. <laughs> it was ass hanging out the back. And he's just like, all right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh we had a hot I like I can't have it like this place called Mercer. Oh, I can't be able to tell the story, but anyway. Um we stay you you got these freedom sites and this one just didn't have anything. So you've got your toilet in your in your van, you can use it. So I ran over to the petrol station, but it was shut. Like I'm, I woke up at one a.m. sweating, feeling like I'm going to puke, feeling like I'm going to shit myself. Ran over to the to- uh, petrol station, not nah, shut. Run back. I was like, I gotta get. So I went in the, I went in the stream, yeah. which you shouldn't do. Like yeah. a complete idiot. Squatted down, did it. Looked down, I was like, I haven't floated away. Just <laughs> <laughs> it. But, but the point was like. I don't know what the point was of that story but don't shit in a then, stream yeah and then I just uh, that night I I was puking my guts up and we had to take a two day two day break because I was like I think it was like heat exhaustion or Phil's case of beers I'm not sure yeah but, I think um, I think I remember seeing that and you did look rough like proper rough yeah, no. do you think that, it was that, just to that, the point where your body was just be like look I just need a day out just give me some life. Yeah, I think I think uh, I I probably didn't drink enough. I was a bit dehydrated. Uh, I was pretty exhausted. This was like day eighteen or something like that. Yeah, uh, I put in a good day, but like I would end every day on the on like the point where I just couldn't move anymore. Like yeah. I'd go as far as I could. Well, not as far as I could, but I'd go and I'd reach a reasonable distance, and I'd be pretty done in, and. Uh, and then I would, like, we'd eat, and I just had, 
we had quesadillas and I probably nailed about five or six of them. So you probably mix all that, like your body's struggling, then you chuck down thousands of calories and your stomach's probably like, nah, mate, yeah. I'm done. See ya. And I, like if you've ever had alcohol poisoning where you just lay in bed all day and you can't move and anything, even water just comes straight back up. It was like that for the next day. And this lovely lady who we did, we were like, we need an Airbnb for the night. So she let us stay at the Airbnb. She let me stay in her house from like 11 a.m. that morning. <laughs> just in her house not even at the B&B because <laughs> I was so done over she was like come and stay in the bed and oh, that's you'll, you'll be alright big ups to that lady so the kindness of people the, the kindness of people is like one thing that came across in that whole thing like the guys helping out Phil and Jill with the pickup you know pickup truck getting on the on the uh, beach because yeah. that would have been done I, I wouldn't have seen them for eight nine hours and yeah. without any food or water um, and loads of people that you, I can't even off the top of my head I can't think but so many people are so kind to us and helpful. It's yeah, awesome. I bet, man. Do, do you think it's because they just don't often see it or it, or do you just think it's just their culture or generally just people are nice? <laughs> I think most places would, it's like, I, I, you know, you get drawn into like, oh, it's such a good culture. And it is, it's a brilliant culture. Yeah. But I'd like to remind myself that I think that would happen around here. I think totally. that would happen wherever you were. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right? Like, yeah, the culture's pretty special there. Um, like, at one point, these young kids came up to us and still had a camera and they're like, oh, what are you filming? And he explained and they, like, they were like eight and nine years old and they just put their hand up for a fist bump. Like, oh, fair play. But like, if you, like, I felt like at home, yeah. If you had these young kids coming up to you, you'd be like, hey, what, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> but, but they were just like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. You know? But yeah. like, I think... New Zealanders and the, like, whole Maori kind of culture is... It's just a very chilled place. From when yeah. I went and just through people that I've met, every, everyone's extremely relaxed and... <clears throat> They have this, it's island living. Although, like, we obviously yeah. we live on an island. We're the least island people in the world because, <laughs> like, it's England. But it is very chilled. It's like when you go to Hawaii or if you go to, like, a smaller place, it's like everyone's very together. Um, mm-hmm. And they stick together and they just look after each other and look after people around them. It's kind of amazing. I think that's a product of not, there's not, they're not very materialistic, are they? And, yeah. and things like that. It's very community driven and uh, principled around their, like, good core values and things like that. Like, and it's refreshing when you go places like that because you get stuck in the rat race sometimes. Yeah, totally. And then you see how simple their lives are, but how happy they are, how they yeah. live their life. And you're like, what am I doing now? Yeah, yeah. But, but, you, the, the trouble is you see that and you want to have life like that here but it's just not really that feasible it's not set up for that yeah you know well, it's hard to create that lifestyle in I a th- place that's quite you know capitalist and things like that I think the th- also the thing is in places like like New Zealand and we're super lucky where we live man like we oh, yeah. we have we have it pretty lucky where we live and like completely compared to some places in the UK. And I think, like, we can go out and we can walk around everywhere around here and we're in nature and, we like, I can walk out my door and be on a hill in, like, 10 minutes, if you know what I mean, where a lot of people have never experienced that. And Mm -hmm. I think when you're, 
when you grow up in places like New Zealand or Hawaii or places like that, you literally are like, this sounds really cliche, but you're kind of like at one with where you live, if you know what I mean. Mm. You're not living in a big city. You're not you're not getting on subways and undergrounds and trains. You're like, you have to walk. You have to like hustle to like get anything. And I think you've learned to respect nature. And I think when when people are like that, when the whole community is like that, I think it kind of brings everyone together. You, you kind of nailed it that it was so that's so evident right in the Northland of New Zealand that mm. the, the campsite we stayed at the night before the, the people who run it they you know they, they live in a camper van they 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 go and fish every every day yeah. and that's how they get their food most of their food anyway you know they surf they chill out and they, they and they probably grow I didn't see anything but they probably grow their own stuff like it's quite like that. Like you live with off, they live off the land a lot. So it was really cool to see there. Like you, you get this thing, like it's so simple, but what everyone, like you get there and you're like, oh, I'd love to live like this. Yeah. You're yeah, like, ah. definitely. I honestly, it's like, for me, it's, I think in the last year and a half, maybe, maybe, yeah, a year and a half, I've kind of like assessed where I'm at in my career and where I'm at in my life. And, like the more and more I'm kind of going through my career and it's like, I eventually want to be back in the country, like in the middle of nowhere and just kind of like, not, it's not isolating. We're lucky in the UK where the middle of nowhere can still be like 15 minutes away from shops or like an hour away from the closest city or something like that. But I think it's just being like, just by yourself and being part of, nature i think it must be amazing i don't know if did you experience that when you were away like obviously being mm. being away in the hills and then in the mountains like on the beaches and then you go to the airport and you're back to reality and it's like how did that feel yeah i i think i'm still struggling a little bit yeah um but like the moment i walked in through the door at my home i was just looking around and i turned to keely and i was like I don't know if I like this. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I feel. I feel so strange. Um, you know, you get used to what you would. We were living like, and I don't think I'm used to living back here yet completely. Yeah. Um, uh, of course, it's a strange time. What's happening at the minute? Totally. Like you, but like, yeah, it's it's a hard one to explain. But like, we landed in the UK and we landed in Cardiff and we were driving home and I was looking at these houses upon houses, these big motorways and things like that. And I was like, I haven't seen more than 10 people in yeah. <laughs> like ages, you know? Like, admittedly, like we went to like Queenstown and then we flew out of Christchurch on the way home. But that's, you're being a tourist, you're having fun. Yeah, yeah. Like I came home and it was just like, I don't know if I like this. Yeah. Like I almost felt like I should be living in a van down on the local campsite and like living simple like that. Like yeah. I was, I'm still, like I said, I'm still not used to it. Like I, as soon as like I got a little bit of a cold, cough and sore throat going on, I don't know if I've got the virus. <laughs> Rona's got you, mate. Soon, Rona's yeah. got you. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I'd, I'd be happy if it has because it means it's done and dusted. Just like, get it over and done with. me anyway. But um, I can't wait to get out and just, yeah. just go. I don't. I don't even know how far or how long. I, no, I'll do my hour 
hour that I'm uh, allowed, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. But really, I don't know how long I'm going to go for. I just see what happens. But it'd just be good to be back out. I, um, to be fair, like I can even I can definitely relate to that coming from America to England, and it's still very different situation to what you to where you're at. Like I'm still going from house to house, but for me, it's culture to culture. Like mm. America is a very different culture to how the UK and vice versa, and even coming home and like where in when I'm in the US, it's it's lit, I literally only have to worry about me. I don't have to worry about anyone else. And it's just, it's kind of super selfish, but all I do is literally I wake up, I train, I go in the studio and I look after my, like me. And then when it's mm. home, it's obviously I've got mates and stuff there, but mates is a bit different when you come back and you've got your family and you've got fret, like really close friends from, from the UK that you've, that you've known all your life and you kind of feel obliged that you have to do with these things. And also just like generally like going down the stores and doing, seeing people that you've never seen or you haven't seen in years and stuff like that. It's like, you get that. And I, <clears throat> although where we live, like nothing really changes, but I think there's a nice feeling of community where we live, but it's still so different when, when you go away for a long time and come back. Yeah, I mean, I can see what you're saying. Like when you've got, but when, does it feel like when you're in America, you're there with the purpose of right? I'm in the zone. I'm doing work. You know, like that's what I'm here for. Whereas when you come home, there's all these extra things. Does it feel like that? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. And as much as I love coming home, sometimes it's like, oh, you know what? It'd be nice to just go back. <laughs> Just, it's a, it's a, you've got these distractions. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I suppose it's, if you had like a, but it, that can, do you think that can be quite like in the moment thinking? Yeah, you know? definitely. So like, yeah, it's like dealing with, not wanting to, de- it's wanting to run away rather than actually deal with what the issues, not even the issues, it's just deal with the day. Yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's like, for like some days you just want to crack on. Yeah. But you, it's hard to remember in that moment. But actually, some days I wish that I could go and see my friends. So yeah, yeah. today it feels like I'm a burden. But actually, I should appreciate that. You know, when I'm in Detroit, it's going to be. I'm going to be wishing I could see my friends. So. Dude, honestly, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think that's the thing for me is like I've never, I don't, I've never really loved living in Detroit. But no. my, when I came, I. <sighs> when I was back for Christmas, I was like, I need to change my mentality on how I look at where I live in, in the U S cause it's like, it's my home in the U S at the end of the day, have a house mm. there, I have everything there. Um, so when I went back, I kind of just like got involved more and like met more people. And it's to the point where I'm like actually enjoying it more. And like, it doesn't bother me to go back, but yeah, I, ideally like, I'd love to just be here full time and just be able to like travel back and forth. But realistically, it's not financially doable at this yeah. point in time. It's not worth it. But you, you, you had to um, implement a social section, a social element to your life there, I suppose is what you're saying. Yeah. I think you just have to actually learn to live a bit of a life rather than just being a fucking hermit. <laughs> and well, this is being anti-social. This is what it is at the minute. That's what we've got at the minute though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You, you must be. You must be 
I mean, head in the studio. Yeah, I'm yeah. in heaven right now. It's easy for me. Um, <laughs> last week was a bit weird because I think it was just more hearing everyone moan and kind of go on about it. Um, yeah. But yeah. We're settled in now. Interesting times. So I want to go back to the run quickly. Um, yeah, of course. The, no, you don't have to apologize. Um, you, Louis Underhill, which is a good family friend of ours and good mate of yours. Um, good mate of ours brother as well. He moved to New Zealand and kind of met you halfway round. Yeah. He's yeah, did he so get engaged as well. He did. I didn't know this. I was literally yeah. like going through his Instagram earlier and was like, oh damn, got engaged. Yeah, he got engaged to lovely Rosie and um I think they were there for a week and we had planned to meet of course, I was I was behind schedule, so I was like, "Look, mate, I'll let you know when I'm going to get that to the to the meeting point in Palmerston North." But I, I, like, I don't know when that's going to be. Yeah, because you know I can completely predict it. So I'll let you know. And he was like, "Cool." He then uh, he then moved into his flat. Yeah. And the day the day he moved into his flat, I rang him like, "I'm going to be there tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> His uh, his fiance had to spend the next five days in their new house on her own, whilst um, he came and went for a plod with me. We ran for five. We did five days, so we started in a place in Palmerston North, and then went into the Tararua Ranges. Yeah, another one for you to attempt just to say and completely fail at. Yeah, um, and this. Oh, now I spoke back about that beach day. I this is up there like as the toughest day. Well, um, let, before let's backtrack a little bit because I know we spoke about this one a little bit beforehand, and you were like, "I need somebody to kind of be with me during this because it's like, how long is it? It's three, four days." Uh, I was. It was. It worked, so we got lucky that it was going to be two nights, but where I got to there was road access on the first one uh, where okay. we got to so yeah. we could spend the night at the cabin and then the next day we had to go up into and it was my first overnight basically yeah. um, and it was pretty good to have Louis there and it's not like an overnight uh, where you could probably get out in 20k this was like you're going in and you ain't getting out until you know for a while Yeah. so um, we, we looked at him and we like we might actually be able to make it like it was a big slap in the face. It was only 50 k that section. Yeah, we got we got thirty k's in in ten hours. Whoa! Like it was slow. Um, it was we went from sea level up to one thousand five hundred meters, like quite quickly. But Which through forest, thick, dense forest. Like, uh, yeah. Pretty far, like we go up Crook's Peak at home at 225 meters. Yeah, that's, that's a good, it's a nice hill, but it was like that was just trudging through bog, through forest. Like the point at points, there was no forest floor, it was just roots. So you're yeah. hopping root to root, and then you get up in this exposed ridge lines. But what we it was unlucky for us that it's one of the wettest areas in New Zealand, and we just have thick cloud, like you couldn't see five meters ahead of you. Oh, really. Like when you're in the clouds, like going along these ridge lines with quite pretty decent winds, and like you can't see very far. And then finally, we got to what they got this cool hut system. Yeah. So there's hot huts dotted around in all the wild areas, 
and uh, we got to this hut. It was freezing cold. There was no firewood. There was a little bit of firewood. Louis managed to increase the temperature a couple of degrees by lighting a fire for about an hour. And then we sat, we sat ourselves down for the night. But just as we got in, the clouds opened up and we looked out the window and it was the most spectacular view. Yeah, I bet, man. And then it just showed us for five minutes and then closed off again. Um, so that was real tough, like just nonstop uphill. We got out of there the next day and then we slowly made our way down to Wellington. How many miles did, kilometers did we do? I want to say about 250 kilometers together. Something like that. That's a lot. Maybe a little bit more. Yeah. No, it, was, um, it was good to have him there on that because he's pretty uh, outdoorsy. Yeah. Like, I am not, I, like, it may come as a surprise. I am not outdoorsy. <laughs> like, like, I like to go for a run outdoors, but like, you, know the, you, know, the, you know the kids who did like DV, yeah. Duke of Edinburgh Award and like the Scouts and all that? No, that's not me. I did DV. That's not my bag. Yeah, I wish I did it. Like, I, I, like I said, I went into this, like, I could light a fire if I had to, I'm sure, but I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not too uh, savvy on that, you know? So, uh, so you went like hunting better, and everything. You went yeah, going out and your food. <laughs> you're more likely to see me in the gym, mate, than, than, <laughs> than out there. Like, but it was good to have him there. Like, I settled in kind of going, yeah, I, I know what, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm, I can handle myself. Um, because <laughs> obviously when I get to the South Island, there's going to be 150 kilometer sections where I don't see the van. And that's going to be three nights. And I didn't away. know that. Yeah. 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 So I then got to the South Island and it was weird. It was, so I could slightly backtrack to get to this, but I then got to Wellington and, uh, you could see everyone was like, we're happy we've got to the end of the North Island. And I was just like, I know what's coming. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't enjoy the moment. I knew what was coming up. Uh, and that's when I started struggling in my head. Mentally. Was there. Like, if I look back at it now, I know that that was the point that I was struggling. Yeah. You've, everything around you feels like you're done. Right? We, we had no choice but to stay a day in Wellington. It feels like the, the, you've hit the finish. You're you're you've got a whole other island to go. <laughs> so the next, so the, yeah, we had to catch a ferry over, over to the South Island. But it was Waitangi weekend, which is like a national holiday weekend. So the ferries were fully booked. We only the only one we could get was at half one in the morning. Yeah. So on about three four hours of terrible sleep, I had to get up and run the next day. So we went through this the most amazing sort of the it's called Marlborough Sounds Queen Charlotte track and it's just like 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 a fjord, like imagine a fjordland yeah similar you know like a sound so you're running along this ridge line in amongst the sea <laughs> okay it's beautiful nice and then and then by uh, two days of that and the third day it's like you're you're in like I'm going in to Richmond Ranges which is probably a nine or ten day hike okay uh and i i had to do it in three nights so it was pretty savage how many miles kilometers oh i'm looking at it now it looks amazing i'm i'm kind of like i'm kind of like this is a i it was 100 i think it was 150 kilometers so probably 90 something miles 
Was it quite high up? Yeah, pretty high. Like, I didn't... So you said earlier, like, how do you plow the, the terrain? Yeah. Like, I had a bit of everything in there. And so the first day, I overpacked. Like, I was being a rookie era. Like, I overpacked massively. And then that was a big lesson learned. But I got in, did the first day, smashed out. I can't remember how much. But got to this hut. And these people were talking to me. You know, the, the, I met some people at the hut. No, I didn't know them. They were just there. Yeah. We chatted. And they're asking question, question, question. But I'm there. I get in at like half eight. Everyone's been there for hours. They're chilled out. They're going to bed. And I'm barging through the door, sweating. Like, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I got to make food. These people are asking questions like, it's great. But I wake up before them. I leave before them. Yeah. And like those people are now gone. Yeah, They're probably yeah. going to travel together. They're having a great experience. They're taking their time. They can be in here for days. They're probably talking about quick. this fucking crazy English guy. They just yeah. barged into their like messed up their dinner, dinner plans. <laughs> oh, you do, you do. Like they're all getting into bed. They've had a long day of hiking. You know, they've settled in. And then I come barging through the door. It's almost dark and soaking wet sometimes. And I've got to start cooking whilst these lot are all trying to sleep. Like you get into a bunk with like 20 other people in there. And they're all going to bed and stuff. Sometimes it'll just be like three or four people. But, yeah. So um, are, you, are you traveling? Do you have like a, like what you, what are you traveling with? Are you traveling with like a sleeping bag, a cooker? Like what, how, are you, how, how much are you carrying on you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so sleeping bag and a bivy bag in case so a bivy bag's like a waterproof casing yeah. so if I couldn't make a hut I just yeah, put yeah. that on and yeah. lie down um, fortunately didn't have to use that uh, first uh, mini first aid kit some food quite a lot of food and then not on this trip but I ended up just taking two two water bottles because okay. there's so much um, so many streams Yeah, I just take water tablets a lot of people had filters Yep. I should have got one of those, but I just used water tablets. Um, so you could just fill up from anywhere. I didn't have to carry like three liters of water yeah, to do yeah. it. That's the heaviest bit, um, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, it became a lot lighter. I didn't pack as much food. And then I would only take a pair, a spare pair, one spare pair of pants and socks. Yeah. And then a spare t-shirt because you'd want to get, ch- you know, you. Uh, I don't want to be in the hut in wet, sweaty clothes. Yeah, so. yeah. And then you, in the morning, Especially if it's rained the day before, oh, which the I second mountain range, the second mountain range, it didn't stop raining the whole the whole time. Like you couldn't see a thing. Was like it's it one of the most beautiful places, freezing. Yeah. Like I, I went over a, a, a mountain saddle and you know, raining sideways, probably like wind chill of minus three. It was horrible. Oh. And then you got to get up in the morning and put all that wet clothes yeah. back on. You had no other choice. Like you've tried to dry it overnight. <laughs> Nothing's happening. Oh. It's literally the worst thing. I don't know if like, I think the closest thing I've ever had to anything like that, and it's not even close, is like when I'm training at a hotel and then you train at night and then, <laughs> and then you wake up. <laughs> you wake up and then you have to put the same sweaty clothes on to go back to the gym. And then what you've just said is literally like a hundred times worse. <laughs> Oh, it's pretty, yeah. I've seen how much you sweat, mate, so it might, <laughs> might be pretty similar. Well, did you uh, have a coat with you or anything? Like, what's... Yeah, so I, I luckily got lent 
like this amazing waterproof set of coat and trousers from some from a paratrooper. Yeah. I won't say who he is because he shouldn't have lent it to me, but you know, it was like fifteen hundred quid worth of gear. Yeah. So it sorted me right out. Um, but there was uh, you. It just reminded me of a bit earlier on. Like I didn't take the trousers on one bit, so I got really unlucky that. So there was a bloke who did the run and he finished a month before me and he did it in 49 days. He smashed it. Jeez. He should be on your podcast. <laughs> but he, um, he was a machine man. And, but what he spoke to me, he met me in the last 10K of the North Island and ran with me and Louis. He just yeah. jumped out in the middle of Wellington. He was like, hi, Louis. Like, who the, who the fuck are you? <laughs> he did you like, know who you were then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We spoke, but I just didn't, you know, you, don't, you speak to someone online, you don't really know who they are. That's amazing. And then he, and he ran the last 10K. It was so cool. Um, but he's like, Lewis, I got so lucky. He's like, I didn't hit any rain. Didn't hit any bad weather. No yeah. bad wind. Like, he, like if anyone knows New Zealand, like, what, it, you think it's sunny today, by the afternoon it could be pissing it down and then it'd be sunny again. It's like, kind of it, like England, but a bit worse. A bit more to the, uh, to the, to the extremes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're dealing with mountain ranges and your life. Yeah. It's not like I'm going into a mountain range and going, oh, it'll take me three or four days. I can hunker down if the weather turns bad. I've got plenty of food. I'm going on probably a day's extra food yeah. just in case. You have to get the and fuck out of this. Them. Yeah, I'm doing this in a day. Yeah, like I've got to get this done in a day. And then you get severe weather warnings come in, and a lot of it's through rivers. And if those rivers rise, like it's dangerous. Yeah. So, I, I, there's, I think out of the, out of the three thousand kilometres, I had to bypass due to bad weather about three hundred k. Damn. Um, separate occasions, like different, all split out across it, but yeah, it yeah. sucked. Like I got to Tongariro Crossing, which is in the north, and they're like, "Yeah, it's probably going to be two days before <laughs> you can go up there." And you're like, so like I got. Like I'm not using it. Like I, w- I probably wouldn't have beaten anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, you were planning on doing it in 50 honest. days, weren't you? Yeah, that was the plan. 50 days, and that that. So, this sounds like I'm coming away with excuses, but bad weather. I started injured, and I, and I didn't get rid of that injury until about nine days. Like it just went away. It was yeah. really weird. Um, and I like in hindsight, like could I do it if I look back at it now? Maybe. I'm not going to. I'm not going to try again. Yeah. But I, I've had my go. Someone else can try. Yeah. But I the think, weather, basically my point... Go on. Sorry, go on. No, you go. I, I don't think it's like... Because I remember like st- talking to you from the beginning and you're like, yeah, I want to do it in 50 days. The like records, this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I think what you've done though is you've you've done it for yourself. Yeah. You don't. You're not doing this for anyone else. You're not doing this for a medal. Like when you first started this, it was never to be like I'm gonna go break the record at the Tiara Trails. Like you're literally you. Or however the fuck you say it. Like you nailed it. <laughs> like you're doing it. You didn't. You're doing it for you. Um, yeah. Uh, so basically, that. Ter- Sorry to cut you off there, but I got to link to what you're saying. At that Tongariro, we had a choice to make. And I'd been ill for two days. I was probably a day and a half added on behind schedule. Yeah. So by day 20, I'm three and a half days off pace. 
right? And bad weather's coming. Can we wait another day and be four and a half days behind? Like, how realistic is it? I was making back some time. Yeah. Like, I was catching up, but realistically, we had had to make that choice. Am I going to wait another day or two? Or do I go on? Bearing in mind that I have a flight home booked. Yeah, like if we were there indefinitely and the other two didn't have to go home to work, then then we could stop and we could carry on when we could. Yeah, but realistically, that that couldn't happen. So we made that choice then. And you know, I said that when I started feeling negative and struggling with Wellington, I hadn't really thought about the fact that I'm still doing this, but I'm not even chasing the record now, and I'm not even chasing a hundred percent completion of the trail. Yeah. Because I had to skip a section. Yeah. So these thoughts start plaguing your mind and they're really hard to deal with. And I'd be telling myself and I'd be telling people, look, record's gone, 100% completion's gone, but what we can do, and this is me saying it, what we can do is continue to inspire people that are watching and uh, and people at home by doing what is right whenever we can and carrying on and continue raising awareness and money for Somewhere House Somerset. Yeah. Those are the two things we can do. So let's do that. I'd say it and I'd do it. You wouldn't feel I'd it. Still be, I'd still be struggling yeah, to yeah, accept yeah. failure. Yeah. And people are like, oh, you haven't failed. Like, let's not be shy about the word failure. I failed to complete it fully and I failed to uh, get the record. I was successful in inspiring people and I was successful in raising money. Yeah. So I'm not shy of saying, so I, there was some success, but there was also some failures and that's okay. Like I've dealt with that now, but trying to carry on and deal with those certain failures whilst trying to create other successes is uh, is challenging. It's fucking rough, man. And I think it's kind of inspiring, really. And I think it's inspiring for a lot of people, realistically, because you're right. Like we, not everyone, like 99% of the time, we don't necessarily always complete what we set out to be, to do. But it's the process. It's the process during what we set out to do. It's what we learn during that process, and I can massively relate to that with my career. Is like for me, is like I haven't like from an outside point of view. Everyone's like, "Will you're fucking killing it, and you've achieved all these amazing things." I was talking to one of my best friends, Liz, the other day, and she was like, "You're doing amazing." I'm like. Yeah, but it's not. I'm not where I where I want to be. If you know what I mean, and and then then the question is, and this is kind of a question, kind of turn around to you is like, so if you did complete it, okay, and you got the fifty days, would you now be going? I could have done that quicker. Because that's, that's, that's the battle that I have with me. It's like, so, so I set out a goal and then we we get the goal and then I'm like, oh, it still could be better. Yeah, I think that's, um, that's a good, I, I like that trait though. I like that trait. But also, you, you said mention the word process there. Let's, let's just um, create a scenario here where you, you carry on with your career and and, and you, you gain some even more good success, right? To, to your goals, what your goals wanted. 
And I guarantee, I reckon you're similar to me that actually it wasn't even the end result. Yeah. It was the process of getting there and doing yeah, that, yeah. that you remember and enjoy. So of all the things that you've gone through, like I, this, this success I had on this, I'm not, it's not the success that creates my happiness. It yeah, was looking yeah. back in fondness of the process yeah. and being in it and doing it. That's, that's really the, where the, uh, the happiness comes from for me. So, but when you're in that struggle, it's hard. Like you're in it now and people are saying, Oh, you're doing really well. And you're like, yeah, but I could be doing better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, that, that was the same when I was in the middle of that rut. Yeah. You know? Totally, man. Totally. But like, we all get, we're all going to turn around and look back and go, like, I sometimes would probably think, if I could go back to the start and, 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 and like almost hit reset and let's say somebody's trying to make a load of money and they get there, they'd have loved getting there yeah. and then they've got the money and they'd be like, what do I do now? Yeah. Actually, it's probably the act of getting there that was the most fun. So they'd probably be happy to go back to zero and try again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's it's like those. It's like a lot of business guys and girls, (coughs) like the people that have millions, lose it all, and then go get millions again, and then lose it all, and then millions. It's not the fact of having millions of dollars in your account or millions of pounds in your account. It's the actual process of getting the million dollars and then starting from scratch again. Totally, man. So talking about starting from scratch again. What's next? (laughs) <laughs> I, 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 did you ha- how much did you hate me on the like the text afterwards so i text lewis uh, <laughs> i text lewis like the day after he completed and was like so what's next dude come on you can do something bigger uh, okay <laughs> and what did i what did i respond <laughs> i can't remember i told you i probably told you to fuck off yeah also, definitely uh there's a few ideas knocking about but um Nothing set in stone yet. So you, okay. So are you planning on doing more with like the content of the film and everything? Like, are you are you turning it into a yeah. film or are you writing a book? Like, what what's what you kind of doing now? So at the minute, I'm I'm attempting at writing. Uh, it's going okay. It's going to be slow though. Like, it takes time, man. And like, I can sit and do an hour. And I start getting a bit dry. Yeah. With like, like you lose, like I really have to think about it. Like writing doesn't come naturally to me. And I'm yeah, sure a lot yeah. of people do stuff. will probably have someone help them. Yeah. But so I'm just getting stuff down. I'm, I'm having a go. And I, I luckily know a few, uh, a few people might be able to help me out. So I'll send some stuff their way and they, they'll be able to have a look at it. And, and I, I've not, I've not got the problem, the ego issue where I'd like, it has to stay the same. I'd be like, mate, this is written terribly and the, the grammar is awful. Please <laughs> yeah. fix it. Like, yeah. So so I'm going to go through that process. That might take me, I don't know how long. I'm, I need to kind of get a bit serious with it and sort of start setting goals and things like that with it because yeah. otherwise it will just float along and take me a couple of years and, and uh, that's not what you want. No. Um, and Phil is currently on the doing the edit Cool. Of, the, of what he filmed so he ha- he must have got about 14 15 hours worth of footage damn that's going to take him a while and he's and he's still got to do the interviews with me Jill and himself yeah like the, and they're going to be like hours yeah yeah so that's going to take some time but you know he's got plenty of time now coronavirus all that but 
you know, I, it's hard. You gotta let I gotta let him just sort of I gotta leave that to him and maybe just check in on him a few times and yeah. And then if we need to get a bit more serious and start setting goals, but see what he comes up with and then try and do something with it. He, he's it's more his side of things to know the, the right channels with that. But totally. try and do something with that. Um, I'd like to get into doing some talks and. Uh, like, like you know use the things I've learned to sort of help people uh, and go into maybe some companies and do some talks with them uh, but we've got those talks coming up as soon as this is cleared I'll do a few at home to in the in the local community because they got really behind it yeah like my dad came out at the last couple of weeks my mum and dad and he was like Lewis you don't realise like a lot of people are really interested in this really like quite inspired by it so that was nice so I feel it's right to, to invite them down to a talk and we can raise some more money for the charity uh, but in terms of challenges I like doing things I'm not very good at so like I mean I could run when I started this I played football but I was at the worst fitness I'd been at so I was like I want to do like I set I set a crazy target right so I could I, I did my first 5K and I, I showed, so, like how I saw you when you did your first run, right? Like, Awful. Yeah. I've literally, the, that was, I came back from America and hadn't ran. I'd been doing a lot of cardio, but not running. And I ran 10K for the first run back. We, we did that run, didn't we? Oh yeah, we did that. And I did, I did one the other day with my dad and it just killed me. I did a te- I did like 24K in a week. And, <laughs> I can't run yet. I've screwed my ankle. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. Not like you know somebody who could set up a plan for you to follow in a certain amount of kilometers and slowly build it up. There's no one like that. You, you know, know how but... it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I like to do something. So I'm iron up swimming. Yeah, you no, mentioned It's not this. like I can't swim. I can sort of swim. I, I managed to get to the point where I could do a mile in a pool. 64 lengths, not non-stop. Like I'd have to stop. Yeah. But like I got to be able to do that. I can't remember how long it took, but that was all part of training for the run because I couldn't run every day. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that kind of gives me a little bit of hope. I might do something with a bit of swimming involved with it. I don't That's really cool. know yet. Take your time, man. I wanna... Take your time. Yeah, yeah. Make the most of it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, for anybody <coughs> listening, how can they follow you? Uh, at Lewis Matthews PT. Uh, I think that's the handle for, for Instagram and uh, Facebook. Most people are on Instagram these days. Dope, man. That's amazing. So, yeah. congrats, man. It's nice to see you. Thank I haven't, you. I haven't seen you since since we left, since well, we, Christmas. We were, we, were, we were planning on another little uh, food date with, with Josh and Teagues, but... Yeah, what happened? Coronavirus hit, mate. Oh yeah, when we got back, yeah, true. So, well, hopefully, that's been postponed for three months. Hopefully, all <laughs> of this shit comes over pretty soon, and we can get back on it. But um, keep safe. Thanks for being on the show, man. And uh, a pleasure, you. mate. A pleasure. Catch you soon, man. Love you, man. So that podcast is a wrap, and that was a good one. I hope you agree with me on that. So with these podcasts, I just want to give everyone a little bit more of what I like doing and what I'm into and the people I have around me in my life. Um, rather than just music, I don't, I, there, there is going to be music podcasts, but I just want to kind of give you all a little bit 
little bit more. So if you did enjoy it, please share it on, uh, hit the review button. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you want to hear anybody on here, then please let me know as well. Anyway, catch you next time.